welcome to In Conversation with a not-so-scheduled program today. Bit last minute. Yeah, bit last minute, but we're happy to be here. More than happy to be back in the studio today. This time, I'm actually joined by Greg, and Gavin is the absent one. He's we try to have two of the three of us here yeah. at all times. He's, uh, he's busy in preparation for his show coming up tomorrow evening, Train Spotting in the Helix. But as I am joined by Greg, I am also joined by a, de- a decorated man. A decorated man. Uh, our second GA man of, of yeah. the semester. Uh, very similar in a lot of regards and both 15-year veterans of the Intercounty game. Yeah. I think uh, we'll do a reveal column. And brand new DCU employee, Mr. Jason Sherlock. How are you, Jason? I'm very good, Con. Thanks for having me here. And you, Greg? Thank Thanks you. Thanks very much for coming on. So uh, what I usually ask guests when they come on is what was the initial thought when I asked you to? You haven't had a lot of time to prepare. <laughs> no. Well, I did give him uh, a brief warning when I met him last Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Gavin and uh, myself were going off to do Beg, Borrow, Steel. We were going around DCU looking for some donations. And we ran into Jason Sherlock, and I was more uh, happy to get a photo with Jason than to get a donation. But uh, I did mention to him that we would be coming knocking on his door for an interview. Yeah, and well, uh, when I saw you heading off, I wasn't sure whether you were going to get back. <laughs> Greg, so yeah, what well, I was pleasantly surprised when I saw the, the email this morning from Ross connecting us up. Um, so yeah, delighted to be here. And a big thank you to Ross. Big for thanks to Ross. We did put him live uh, on the spot live on air and say, Ross, you are the director of alumni relations. If we ask you to get us some alumni, yeah. so uh, he's. Yeah, he's delivered already. <laughs> um, so, Jason, we're going to kick it off. Uh, obviously, you're probably most notably known for playing for Dublin for 15 or so years uh, at the senior level. But when did you first uh, get experience with the GA? What was your first experience with the GA? Um, yeah, well, when, when I was very young, when I was younger, um, I lived in, in Finglas, and my uncles used to bring me to, to all the Dublin games. I uh, was a member of the Dublin Supporters Club uh, when I was like five and six, <laughs> so I used to travel around the country to all the games, um, and I just got a gra for, for GA at that stage. Uh, I, I remember going to games and studying the programme, and then if there were ever times I'd get a chance to get autographs and that, I'd, I'd have them all there, and, and I kept them. So. Uh, to support a team and then uh, to end up playing for the team was was definitely a dream come true. So uh, and that kind of happened in a very short period for me. Um, I played Dublin minor, and um, that was my first contact with Dublin. And at the end of that year, we were beaten in an All Ireland semi final by Galway, and I got a I got a call kind of towards the end of that summer from the the chairman of the club, and he said Dublin would like you to come out for a challenge match. Um, at first I thought it was a bit of a joke but uh, it turned out it was in 1994 two weeks before the All-Ireland Final and Dublin played a challenge match against Meath and I came on for about 10 or 15 minutes myself and a guy Colleen Robertson who's from Ballymun not too far from here and we were asked then to train with the team in the two weeks prior to the All-Ireland in 1994 so what was it like coming into a setup like that? Especially at that end of the season, you know. Oh, it was unbelievable. Well, I remember on the bus going down to Mead, we played in a place called Knobber. Um, oh, yeah. And, Brian uh, Farrell territory. Is it? Yeah, well, uh, yeah actually, yeah, I remember yeah. that in the, uh, the Celebrity Banished Store. Mm. But um, I remember just being in awe of the people in the bus, the Keith Bars and the Charlie Redmonds and John O'Leary's, and just listening to their conversations. So then to go and train with them two weeks before an All-Ireland Final was just an unbelievable experience. So I uh, really enjoyed it. And lucky enough, then the following year, 
I was part of the team and I, I was preparing properly for an All Ireland yeah. final. So what's that like? I mean, when we we, we touched uh, with Ross Money when his first his first season of Intercounty he won the Leinster title. Your first season he won an All Ireland title. He went that, that step further, that yeah. Like? Yeah, it was it was pretty surreal. Um, again, I suppose the people of nowadays the the, the fans would probably say, "Well, sure, Dublin win every year." But when you think of it, Dublin hadn't won an All Ireland since nineteen eighty three. So that was it was twelve years between eighty three and ninety five. So uh, to to win an All Ireland in those days, it was very uh, unique for a Dublin point of view. That team itself, they'd been very close in the years beforehand. Uh, 1991, people remember it for the Dublin and Mead series. They played, I think, four games that year. 92, Dublin were beaten in an All Ireland final by Donegal. 93, in a semi final by Derry. 94, by Down in a final. So they'd been knocking on the door without actually getting over it. So uh, to be involved in 95 was was just for me. It was it was a special thing. Um, but from a Dublin point of view, it was great because they hadn't done it in so long. I suppose, unfortunately, so it didn't really set the standard then as far as the All Ireland stage because of the the sixteen years that followed. But you did establish yourself through the the two thousands as a dominant team in Leinster. How do you think you established that 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 reign? Yeah, well, I always say it took me one year to to win an All Ireland, and it took me fourteen years then to pay for winning that <laughs> All Ireland. Because, as you say, um, I suppose it probably gave me a false reality thinking it was going to happen every year and. Unfortunately, we never even got to a final, so that was tough. And again, combination of factors in terms of the team, me personally in terms of how I played, and we went through a lot of barren years. And as you say, it wasn't until the kind of mid two thousands where we kind of started to improve, and we we won a few Lancers. I think starting in two thousand and five, um, we won. I think won, you won at least that year. Too. We did. We did I do yeah. believe that. Yeah. yeah. And as I was saying, First you, the I've money. A, yeah, I've a, a leash connection. My my nanny. Uh, Lord Esther, she was 101 when she passed, but she was from uh, Leash. She was from a place called Rathdowney. Good hurling um, strongholds. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, County, yeah. so that was that was interesting when we we um, played them, and obviously uh, with Ross Munley here in the college as well. But yeah, we went. We we got to the stage where we were competitive then, winning Leinster's, but we couldn't quite get to an All Ireland final, and again. Um, it took until 2011 and unfortunately my time was up in 2009 so didn't get to experience it as a player again. Well, before we go on we're going to get to know you a little bit better, Greg has a, a bit of a quiz there just to just to see uh, what's, your, what's the man behind the, f- the football I suppose. So, so these Greg, are okay. they're a bit random, it's a bit, <laughs> a, it's a bit of sporting, it's a bit of general, just we're going to see if we can get to know you a bit better. Okay. So firstly Jason, tea or coffee? I've converted to coffee now. Right. And what kind of coffee is your choice? I wouldn't be too particular. Wouldn't be too particular. Um, I've probably gone a step beyond instant, but uh, yeah. I do. I do. You wouldn't consider I, yourself a connoisseur or snob now. Definitely not. But I, I, I prefer plunge now. I okay. am getting snobbier. I don't know what the the staff rooms like are here in DCU, but uh, don't go to Spire for the coffee it tastes like dirty dishwasher okay so, uh, oh, Dave isn't listening no yeah. shit. In there today. <laughs> the Helix yeah. is lovely though go to the Helix right. um, what did you want to be when you were a kid uh, a sports person I suppose a Dublin footballer probably and, and didn't think much further than that very good and I suppose at the time of course you were split between basketball and soccer too so yeah, was well, it ever a, a split up between would I like to be a professional soccer player yeah, well, when I was younger, I would have played a number of different sports. Um, particularly, I played basketball with St. Vincent's, who are amalgamated with the college now. Um, I went to school in Glasnevin, St. Vincent's Glasnevin. 
played a lot of basketball and really enjoyed it and I, I would have played a lot of soccer as well and played with UCD and Shamrock Rovers League of Ireland so there were opportunities when I was growing up maybe of, of pursuing a kind of soccer career but I think there was always some attachment and connection to, to GA and again no different in life I think you have to have that emotional connection as well as, as the kind of motivation from other, other, other uh, sources so definitely from my point of view it was always about playing for Dublin Great. I think, uh, I think you set a standard early on in m multiple sports uh, as far as being a young player coming in because in your first season with UCD you were the top goal scorer that, that year is that something that you, that you had been conscious of going in or was it just you found yourself in that position? Uh, I just found myself in that position again and I, I was lucky enough to do a, an autobiography at the end of last year and going back to that time and kind of particularly in my teen years where I was playing and I was literally going from soccer matches to basketball matches I played hurling down in Cork and it was literally I'd be at Irish basketball training in Dublin and I'd get in the back of a car to play a hurling match in Cork that afternoon that's how bizarre and crazy it was so again it, it was never kind of been the best player or records never really it wasn't something that I was concerned of I just love playing sport um, again we all get into different things for a number of reasons I, what I loved about sport was that I was just accepted no matter how I looked obviously I, lo I looked different my father was from Hong Kong so when I grew up that that created challenges for me um, because I was treated kind of differently in some, some aspects so I always found sport was somewhere I, there where I was ex accepted an outlet, I and suppose, yeah, yeah it was an outlet and I just loved it and I think the, the better I got the less people cared, cared how I yeah. looked so, uh, so that was probably the motivation by doing well in, in soccer or basketball so uh, yeah I was kind of lucky in that sense but I never really had a, a, a kind of grand plan about whether I wanted to be the best soccer player or the best G player I could be you knew sport was it was going to be along the lines of sports in some in some capacity yeah I, I just loved it I just loved the outlet I, I had the, the friends I made again I was lucky enough to be on an international basketball team and we, we traveled throughout the world and that and I like still my best friends are, are buddies from St. Vincent so uh, yeah it just gave me a great outlet and hence part of the appeal of, of working with DCU there's such an emphasis on sport here in the college and I, th I know from for at first hand the, the opportunities I got from playing sport and it's great to be in a position to kind of share that message mm -hmm. with with potential uh, students and potential uh, partners of, of the college uh, and just on that is there anything in particular that you pass on to a young member uh, say a young intercounty footballer coming to DCU uh, balancing work life academic life and obviously their sporting life any one piece of advice you picked up over the years uh, I think you, you you need to know why you're doing it um, I think nowadays the the I suppose the commitment of of GAA and a lot of sports has gotten so high I think sometimes you forget why you're doing it and like you always go back to when you were a little kid you, I see you with your hurlies and your, your slitter there you were probably out poking a ball today because you loved it and you can't no matter what level of sport or even if you're in a, in work it, no matter what level you're at you gotta love it and you gotta enjoy it um, so I think that's first and foremost if you have a grow if, if the connection is still there you will do what you need to do to kind of succeed but uh, that would be my advice um, and it's important I think the big challenge nowadays is not to kind of overload young boys and girls mm. that are playing sport because like you want to ensure that they love it in 10 years time yeah, or 15 yeah. years it's time. longevity of it and keep them involved I suppose over a period of time exactly yeah and sometimes it can be consumed by winning and success like you, you start now with a failure and like some of the kind of 
the uh, commitment that they have to have for that I think you, you could question but uh, anyway that's probably for another day back <laughs> to the questions uh, so three guests living or dead that you'd invite to a dinner party oh god um, they'd probably be sporting anyway okay. um, like my hero growing up would be Michael Jordan so okay. he'd probably be there the list, yeah. um, a guy that's back in vogue that I was always fascinated by was Tiger Woods okay. um, in terms of when he was in his pomp where he was and again I suppose the challenge of being the best sportsman but not necessarily the best human being and that whole dynamic is kind of interesting to me um, God, I'm gonna, who else would I would I be interested in um, I suppose it, it kind of passed and in terms of historical JFK in terms of yeah, someone else actually said um, said Nancy Kennedy um, Jackie Ken. Jackie Ken, sorry. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I suppose I, I'm really fascinated by that connection of people. And you look at what the Kennedys mean to mm-hmm. obviously Ireland and the connection they had in the States. And you, you only have to look at the, the connection that continues with, with the, the States and America. So I suppose that, that and he kind of kind of set, in my opinion, or in my thoughts, he would have been one of the trendsetters or groundbreakers there. So, uh, yeah, he'd probably be... Fronting the line for the Irish abroad, I suppose. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Exactly. Uh, it's uh, interesting you mentioned Michael Jordan there. Are you still a big fan of the NBA now? I am. Um, I, 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 when I can, I, I'd follow it. Um, I think the NBA went through a, a phase where it they hadn't got the superstars, but now they have like Steph Curry, they've LeBron, they've some really competitive teams. I, I was in Boston there recently and seeing the Celtics playing against the Warriors was great. So it's really competitive. You've the Rockets as well. So yeah, I am. I'm, I love sport. I love all sport, but. Uh, yeah, I'd be yeah, still it. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, yeah. What's I, your team? I, I follow the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. Mainly because uh, Russell Westbrook is my favorite player. Right. I'd be kind of like of the the mind that he moved to a different team. I'd support that team. Okay. I'm yeah. Kind of following the player rather than the. Jeez, that's the not like you in Dublin following the Dublin footballers around, is it? Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Jason, who would you like to play you in a film? <laughs> um. Now, when we had when we had Ross on. Ross uh, nominated his leash teammate Gary Walsh. Okay. Um, and in the Dublin team, that would have. <laughs> well, I suppose Bernard Brogan would probably have that star charisma. Oh, <laughs> God, yeah. He does. He's got the jawline for it as well, doesn't he? <laughs> um, but in terms of favourite actors, I'd be a big Matt Damon fan. So ah, very good. He'd be, he'd be top of the list. Um, so, you, actually, our next question was your sporting idol or your role model, but you said Michael Jordan. Is there anyone maybe on a local level? Um, role models, again. There's probably people that were coaches and influences in my in my life that would be massive role models. So I'd always quote Joey Boylan, who would be the coach of St. Vincent's basketball, doesn't live too far away. And the amount of time he devoted in us when we were kids in terms of our training and traveling around the place, he just gave his life to us, really. So he would be, in terms of role model, he'd be a massive one. Um, and then from a playing point of view, Desi Farrell would have been in my school growing up and... Uh, he was the the idol of the school and to to end up playing with him w- was great and he was a great mentor both mm-hmm. on and off the field I suppose with the GPA then as well he obviously had a lot of work with the GPA and exactly. did great work there yeah and I, I did an MBA um, here a few years ago and that was through a GPA scholarship so again I was the beneficiary of 
what Desi and, and the GPA, the work that they've been doing and continue to do. So I do understand and, and, and see how important the, the Gaelic Players Association can be in, in inter-county male and female uh, their and I suppose career. in recent years it's taken a new role or even a more, I suppose, a more authoritative in its role, I suppose, especially with, with the likes of schedules and I suppose how inter-county teams are becoming more and more towards that professional line. Um, so I suppose the GPA, they really, they really are kind of really to the forefront of, of GEA at the minute. Yeah, well, there's a, a couple of challenges. And obviously we know um, in terms of the fixtures and the structures, it, it's a bit chaotic and it probably will continue to be. It, it is a, a big a big challenge. And, and the GPA certainly have an input in that. But I think going back to the inception of the, the GPA, they didn't really know what they were at the start. Did they want to be professional or what were they looking for? But I think now and again offhand I think it's the vision of being the best they can be both on and off the field and putting the support and services around players I think that's a great vision and I think it's a great message so I think people can identify with that and I've, I'm, I've no doubt in terms of a sporting academy I'm sure DCU are trying to aspire to that kind of support that it's not only about what, what a, an athlete or a student does on the pitch it's mm -hmm. about what they're doing in their education and then when they leave the college in terms of um, employability It's interesting that you say that because Ross actually touched on that um, Ross uh, was over the Freshers team for a number of years here in DCU um, what they did at the start of every year for their gear uh, their, their kit came to 100 quid um, basically the lads had to go out and fundraise that 100 euro amongst the community themselves if a football went missing at training or a match everyone had to pitch in two euro pay for a replacement and basically there was supports there for them academic wise if you know their training workload their match workload was too much but they really seemed like they were trying to build a community around it right um so that's starting at freshers level so i'm sure it probably owes to our sigerson record the last couple of years yeah. um so uh jason moving on name a song you hate is there any song that just really grinds your ears? <laughs> um, Green and red and mayo. <laughs> I don't mind Lovely that leash. one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I kind of I'm very general when it comes to music. Okay. I just like music. Um, I don't have any particular genre. I'm okay. not a, a music snob, so there's nothing that kind of. Someone um, said uh, Pharrell Williams, "Happy." Oh yeah, just well, yeah. Now that you say it, because. Yeah. Um, yeah, with Despicable Me as well, I, I, I'd have kids that would have gone to that, so yeah, it did I'm get I'm sure you're sick of hearing it in there. Where, yeah, yeah, it was kind of good at the time, and then it was just, ugh. Your ideal weekend, all things going to plan, weekend. you have the weekend off from the footballers, you have the kids are away, how do you how do you spend it? Yeah, I was going to ask you, can you qualify, is this with family? Because <laughs> my ideal weekend, uh, it mightn't include the family, probably vice versa. Yeah, you, ha um, you have a babysitter for the weekend. Okay, um, well, I suppose if it could, it's somewhere relaxing would be nice. Um, we'd like to get down to Wexford and that, so somewhere coastal potentially. Mm -hmm. um, maybe playing a bit of golf and certainly watching a bit of golf. Getting a few yeah, holes. Yeah, and maybe just... Um, Socialising quietly, just mm -hmm. letting the world go by. It wouldn't be anything uh, too wild. Good. And uh, so, would you rather win the Euro Millions or get the opportunity to lift Sam with Dublin as a player once again? Um, well, it would be the latter. Um, I think, and again, I've been very lucky, as, as we mentioned earlier, as a player, I never got to do it. I've been involved with the, the management team or the backroom mm -hmm. team for the last three years. and. 
I've been lucky enough to to experience that, and it, it's it's for me it's it's been very special to be able to do that. So again, we we'd have ambitions to to do that again this year. Hopefully, all going well. So uh, yeah, that's that's still the dream of mine. Still the dream. So, uh, it it and uh, to be honest, it's not really whether I'm a player or not. Just, just there involved. in some capacity. Yeah, it's it's been great. So great, and uh, I think that concludes our get to know you quiz. <laughs> okay. So we, we touched on it there that you obviously played football for Dublin, you played soccer for UCD and I believe Sligo Rovers. Shamrock Rovers. Sorry. And you also played basketball. So what? how did you go about making the decision to make a commitment? At what age yeah, did you maybe settle on a, a specific sport or was there a time that it came that, okay, I'm going to have to pick... Yeah, well, I think um, when I, as I mentioned, my teen years were a bit crazy because I was only focused on sport. And again, probably part of the appeal of working with the educational trust was that I had I had opportunities from um, an education point of view. I, I was on a soccer scholarship with UCD, but could never see, never saw the the kind of the benefit or the value of it. Um, I I was from Finglas college wasn't something that everyone kind of aspired to or went through so it wasn't something that I thought would have any real value to me because I could only see the present and with that I just kind of went from from team to team sport to sport without a kind of a bigger picture now on the other side of of life and where I am I, I see the absolute value that education can give to any boy or girl and obviously with the access program here in DCU which is the, the biggest access program in the country it will be great again to maybe meet some potential uh, students here meeting uh, former former uh, alums or graduates with their companies to kind of share that story and share that message and how how they can assist kind of young boys and girls on on their learning so um so yeah so i didn't i didn't kind of make a, a a decision until probably my late teens early 20s where i was getting to the stage where i probably wasn't doing myself justice in in any game i was kind of wasn't doing as well as i could and the levels of commitment were getting getting greater and um, we know now what the commitment in GA is like it is is it's it's pretty full, full on. on I actually said um, to Colin when we were having a few pucks earlier I was like Dublin footballers must be training tonight if Jason's able to meet us well they're off for the month they're oh, off for the month of, course, of April yeah, yeah. Um, because of uh, we, well, we're finishing the league and they're with their clubs so yeah it's great that it's we have Dublin Championship, um, yeah. championship so we, we won't see them till the end of April I, I am involved with the Dublin Miners but we trained last night and we're tomorrow night so yeah it, it worked <laughs> we had out. the night off so. yeah and I, I'm going to Annam the, the concerts in the heat oh, yeah. as well so um, oh, there's actually uh, Joanne Cantwell's uh, tomorrow Trailblazers in sports yeah that's right she's yeah. they were in the keynote speak a speech and then uh, there'll be some networking afterwards so you'll catch us there if you're around oh very good well Lindsay Pete who's one of the guest speakers um, she's now with the Irish rugby team but she played GA for Dublin she played basketball for Ireland and she played soccer for Ireland mm. so, so you've crossed paths a couple of times over yeah, the years. yeah yeah like, that's an amazing achievement yeah. I think she, she's done that in, in four sports so um, yeah that should be a great a great few hours and so to bring it back to that choice between the three sports did the professional aspect of either two of soccer or basketball ever tempt you away from Gaelic football? Um, with basketball, I had opportunities to go on um, to a high school to go. And again, at that stage, um, the best basketballers in Ireland, the kind of goal was to maybe get a Division One college. And um, that was the level. And at the time, when at 
people were saying well I had the potential of maybe getting to a division one college um, but again you're kind of setting up life over there you're you're going there for obviously four or five years and you're probably going to finish get your employment over there so that didn't really appeal and then from a soccer point of view I kind of had a few trials I, I actually went over to the New England Revolution who they're, they're based in uh, just outside Boston went over to a training camp over in Orlando with them thought about it but again the distance and the travel it just it wasn't for me that there was always that connection with the, with the GA so I did kind of explore those sports but it all came back to, to the GA and again I was very lucky to win in All-Ireland at 19 years of age I had a lot of disappointment then after it and um, I suppose from a motivation point of view I wanted to show that I was dedicated and I wanted to really succeed with Dublin again it didn't happen and it was disappointing but as I said it's nice to be being able to go full circle that I'm still involved and we've had a bit of success I'm sure there's many grateful that you did make that choice in the end I don't know that goal. <laughs> 90, uh, 95 I think it was Leinster semi final. Yeah. The, the the bootless goal. Yeah. Well that, that was against Leash. Exactly. I yeah, remember. that was my Do first game. Passed you the ball that day. It was a Mr. Jim Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I only realised that we were looking back on the clip there and the the commentary. Yeah. He was a sub himself. Twenty one. Jim. Yeah. yeah. It's in colour, isn't it? It's it not. Is. <laughs> so I think Marty. Marty, I think did the uh, the commentary on it as well. Yeah. So Marty Morrissey so yeah it was, it was great and again there was some, some great great times uh, again it would have been nice to have a bit more success but I think the older you get and you're, you're on the other side you don't judge it by whether you win or lose games you know you, you look at the the, the amount of dedication and the, the fact that you're willing to sacrifice for so long and I think that goes from a Dublin footballer to a leash footballer to a Leitrim hurler if they're willing to, to kind of commit they can take great pride from it and, and I suppose that's the beauty of the GEA I've met a lot of people that have an affinity to to me through GEA mm. and uh, I suppose that's something that's unique to the country so I'm very much happy I went the kind of the journey and the, the road I did and maybe you didn't have uh, too much success uh, for Dublin but you well in comparison just to, well, to latter years but I think seven Leinster titles yeah. and an All-Ireland isn't bad return it's oh yeah it, and listen I'm not going to knock it but I suppose <laughs> when you put it into context of the lads now have I think what is it four in the last six years or something it was just different times um, but yeah it doesn't take away like and believe me we celebrated each and every one of those uh, those medals <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure but I, what I was going to say was that you did actually enjoy some sex, some success at club level uh, with Nafina uh, three in a row Dublin Dublin championships uh, what was that like and how also how big an influence does club football have on reaching that uh Pinnacle, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a kind of unique club journey. Most, most uh, boys or girls, they're growing up in their parish, and that's that's their club and their identity. Because I, I grew up in Finglas, I, I pl went up to Aaron's Isle a couple of times when I was younger, but it wasn't until I was in secondary school in Glasnevin um, that I actually kind of played with a club up here in Dublin. As I mentioned earlier, I used to play down in Cork in a, in a small little town, a parish called Ballyhay, and it was mainly hurling. Um, so I ended up playing with Nafina from about 17 or 18 for a few for a number of years and um yeah we won three championships in a row i think we're the last club team to do it in dublin and it was great and 
again we we didn't get the ultimate success we got beaten in an all-ireland uh club final by cross mcglenn who were the, the kingpins at that time and then we were beaten i think in two other leinster club finals but again as much as that was disappointing um you look at the the nursery started around that time in nafina and nafina obviously as a club have thrived um they're obviously in the in the spotlight at the moment yeah, through the, the metro link and yeah, that that's and um, that's interesting we were gonna we were gonna briefly touch on that do you have any views on on how that's going that's unraveling at the moment yeah well obviously i can understand that from a from we, we the, the the city is, is expanding and we do need the logistics but again as people who are familiar with the area like Movie Road and that pitch is like the heartbeat of the club and as I just mentioned when we were training for county finals um, that was the start of the nursery and to think that the nursery has gone from, from there to I think Nafina won three minor titles in a row the membership is thriving the, the nurseries are thriving to take that out of the, the heartbeat of the club I think is going to be a massive challenge and hopefully uh, they will be able to come up with a, another solution yeah hopefully so I mean it's, it would be hard to see a pitch with such tradition and such history be torn through so hopefully there'll be just an epicenter of a community yeah, you know really again and cool. I suppose for for DCU here Johnny Cooper is obviously a Nafina man himself um, they had a they had a their own demonstration there in the Helix last mm. last week um, and there was a massive turnout as well myself and Greg were just on our way home and at, at first I thought what are loads of Ross Common yeah, we thought there were Ross Common <laughs> I wasn't wearing my glasses the jersey was very similar it was only until we saw the name on the back that said Nafina that yeah. we, they re we realised what it was all about but um, like you said earlier on you brought out your autobiography what was the motivation for that uh, did anybody influence you into doing it um, it was something that I'd been asked to do kind of towards the, the latter end of my career and then when I retired and I suppose blatantly being honest about it I never felt I couldn't see why I would do it because I felt like I'd lost I'd lost so many games why would anyone read um, my autobiography um, and again a, a big uh, reason why I decided to do it was uh, through the MBA um, here in DCU uh, we, we did a module on organisational behaviour and it it um, kind of forces you to look back, reflect back on how you got to where you, you got to. And that, that was really, um, it meant a big, uh, a, a big thing to me to go back and, and look, as, as I mentioned, some of the challenges I had from the way I looked and, and I suppose the, the way my journey kind of meandered through. It, w it was really good to have a look at how I got there. And I suppose when I went through that process, I kind of said, well, there might be some something I can add value to people that potentially have challenges like when they feel that they look different or they have low self-esteem they might get something out of my story that they can resonate with and might make them feel better so that was probably a big part of the motivation and then the second part was just I, I was very lucky to have the story I, I had in terms of GA. I know it wasn't about my football ab ability alone. Um, obviously, I looked differently. Different. There was an air of of novelty and curiosity throughout that first year in '95. And again, I realise now that people had a lot of love for me either either in Dublin or outside Dublin. So, but you certainly I, became a cult hero uh, amongst amongst the Dub supporters. And I, I suppose '95. I don't think the hill was there in '95, but 
Uh, it was, it was, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, they were very... doing a bit of work. Obviously, yeah. the, it was the old Hogan stand, all yeah. right. But yeah, yeah, and it, again, I love the hill. I think you're synonymous with and... like any Dublin supporter from you know just Jo. Exactly, yeah, and again, it was it was nice to share all the good times. It, it was it was tough kind of sharing some of the tougher times but again it was nice to be able to put that out there and I'd like to think it's it's a story it's a good story both from a sporting point of view but also a non-sporting uh, point of view I suppose just before we move on to the latter stages of your career we might touch on your professional career so you're here in DCU now uh, Nero, do you want to tell us what it's all about and how you how you came into it? Yeah, so I'm an associate director with the Educational Trust. Um, the Educational Trust is the fundraising office of DCU. So again, uh, the main focus will be to support projects and campaigns like the Access Programme, the sporting facilities, and some of the academic projects that are happening, happening around the college. So my motivation, and again, when I reflected back on doing the book, you're kind of looking to see where you want to go in the future and part of that for me was giving back um, when I look back I appreciate the um, opportunity sport presented to me and I also appreciated the although I was very late to it but education going back and doing an MBA here in DCU uh, made a big impact on me um, it gave me the confidence to kind of look at things other than sporting uh, opportunities and I was very appreciative of that and I wanted to give as many boys and girls the opportunity to do that so hence the inspiration to, to get involved so I'm literally only in the door a couple of a couple of weeks it's it's a new and a, a young team so getting to know those guys but um it's important that the educational trust it, it's not it might be perceived as just kind of fundraising with, with a bucket and all that but I think and I'm sure Ross has shared this it's important that anyone that's gone through the doors of DCU that the, the connection still remains yeah. um, those graduates are going to go on into companies and they're going to be the flagship for, for the college going forward I think we're very lucky to have some great flagship bearers with, with um, Brie McGrath and Derek Yeo. I think they do exceptional work for the college and uh, it's important that DCU stay in contact with anyone that graduates here and it's important that the students that they're here now that they do realise that we do need their support in the future no matter what they go on and do. Fantastic and so we'll just, uh, we're coming close to the end of the, the programme but just before we do, uh, you were winding down your career kind of late 09, early 2010 when I was actually starting to get involved with the, the Dublin football. My All the way from Waterford, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with my dad, who was from Scaries in North County Dublin. Oh, is that even Dublin? Yeah, yeah. County uh, Dublin. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> we'll be happy to hear you say that now. <laughs> true, true, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but was there any certain trigger that uh, made you think, this is the end, or was it a, a slow kind of pro slow process? I think you were convinced to, uh, to not hang up the boots um, at one stage. Um, I might have been for a year, but the, the second year it was the other way around. Okay. I think I was convinced to give them up. So again, yeah, it, like for me, it was it was I was surplus to requirements, and and that's the way it was. So um, after '09, we we finished that year playing Kerry, and uh, it was known as the startled airwigs. And um, I experienced that game for all of I think 20 minutes. Uh, we were 
bet out the gate and then the next year um, the manager felt that I, I, I was no longer part of, needed in the panel so that was tough to deal with it, it took a few years before I actually accepted that I still kind of trained with, with getting getting back in mind but um, it never happened but the, the one thing that I look back on and take a great pride on was that I never gave up on Dublin mm-hmm. Dublin gave up on me at that time um, and I, I still trained and prepared as if I, I was going to play in Crow Park again um, and I suppose the, the whole circle was completed when, when Jim I was very lucky enough to be asked by Jim to get involved with the management team post 2014 and uh, the last three years have, have been great yeah, and, and really good that changing of the guard has led to the success of this team so it was it worked out maybe for the best in the end yeah absolutely and it's great I, I soldiered with a lot of guys you mentioned Brian Cullen Bernard Brogan Stephen Cluxton all these guys had some really bad defeats and Paul Flynn another guy and I knew they had it in them to be successful so even personally there was obviously a tinge of disappointment when Dublin won in, in 2011 but overwhelming I was so happy to see those guys succeed and I, I, I can only be so proud and to see what they've gone on and done I, I'm just so proud of them and hopefully they'll continue to yeah, do it. There will be more success to come. Uh, before we wrap up, we're going to test a little bit of your GAA knowledge now, okay. just to see uh, how much you've retained over the years. Right. So, so Greg, I'm a bit afraid because uh, he was rattling off, uh, yeah, the early '90s Dublin, yeah. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah I, I feel he's going to be good at it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll practice. Okay. <clears throat> so, Jason. Fraherfield is located in which county? Waterford. Waterford. <laughs> I was a big fan of the Waterford Hurlers, Ken yeah. McGrath, John Milan, yeah. Dan Shannon. Like they were, they were marvelous. They just played figures, the game, yeah. so they were my my second hurling team after after Dublin. <laughs> um, how many championship goals have you scored? Now, disclaimer from us on this: we, we discussed prior to coming on there that GA statistics are they're very hard to find and concrete ones All right. so we've it's done as best as we could there's an asterisk okay. beside these statistics and that asterisk says Wikipedia yeah okay so, so these ones in particular because you were pre 2002 which is when that website that yeah, yeah. We, we have a website that we kind of we used for statistics uh, specifically with Ross's interview and we don't know how accurate they are these ones came from Wikipedia okay. so, so we're so open to you correcting us so I could say I score a yeah. shed like load of goals 57 goals in 5 appearances I'm going to say, I, probably if I thought about it, I'd probably get it, yeah. So, uh, I'm going to say probably six. Oh. You're, you're a bit too modest there for really? our stats. Um, seven? <laughs> Ten. Ten. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, that's so... A, um, that's a surprise. Ross's um, was seven, which I was surprised with. I yeah. thought it'd be more. Yeah, I would have thought, but uh, no, Ross's... Uh, like, according to our statistics, you have 1061. Yeah. In, in championship okay. appearances. Yeah. In 63 appearances. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a bit of, was 62 or 63 was our... Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it might have been 62 plus a sub appearance. Right. Or, or possibly. I'm not, we're not, we're well, there was a few subs appearances, <laughs> <laughs> probably more than that, but I'll, t- I'll take 10 goals. Yeah. <laughs> um, your highest scoring championship appearance, who it was against, and what did you score? How much did you score? Um if it was 1-4 it was yeah. it was Ross Common against it was. It was. former manager Tommy Carr yeah um, yeah yeah. it didn't happen very often that's why, <laughs> that's why I know in Croker as well <laughs> yeah um, if there was a transfer system in the GEA what player from which county would you draft in Ooh, um, will you go past or present here 
we'll take any answer. Yeah, we'll open, yeah, we'll open, open it up. If, yeah. If okay, yeah, that's it. a good way of putting it. Um, so past, probably Peter Canavan. Um, yeah. I just because he was obviously same in stature as mm-hmm. myself, but a lot more skillful. Uh, just a really nice player. So he'd be one that I'd have a lot of admiration for. Or Morris Fitz, because if he was with us, he of wouldn't course. have kicked the side. <laughs> <of the theater, laughs> so true, um, yeah. I suppose modern. I might go with Rory Began. Um, oh. and that would be on the basis that as, as much as we'd love Stephen to go on forever mm, he, he probably can't. can't and I've been really impressed with Rory Began over the last few years very in terms good. of how he's developing his game very good um, now the last time Nafina won the Dublin Senior Championship before 1999 how many sorry how many times have Nafina won the Dublin Senior Football Championship before 1999 and how many championships in total now we obviously know you're you're saying to Oliver Plunkett's now, but we said we keep yeah, it with Nafina. Yeah, well, I, I just remember I think Nafina won in '69 and '79, so I'm gonna say two, the two others, but I, I don't. I remember it was all the nines, so we won, we won three, so that's three and two is five. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right with five, and yeah, 1979 was the last time last before. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I told you, he's yeah, gonna he's get in, <laughs> he's knocking it out. Yeah. Of um, who did you make your championship debut against and where? Uh, I made it against Loud you down did. in Navan. You did. Uh, I remember that day very well. I, I came on as a sub and I, I was welcomed to the game very quickly <laughs> with a swift knee into the ribs. Who were you marking so, that day? Uh, it was a guy, Garrett something. He, he, he was originally from Armagh, big lad. But as I said, I got fouled and he, he welcomed me with a, a nice <laughs> knee into the ribs. <laughs> um, any pre-game superstitions? Uh, not really, no. I used to like to rest before, okay. so I'd like to have a power nap or uh, close my eyes. The lads used to get, give me a bit of slagging about that. <laughs> but, uh, just I used to try to be nice and relaxed going into yeah. games. That no left it. sock before right sock, no lucky pair of shorts? Or... No, no, it was never that precious. Right. <laughs> um, and toughest opponent? Well, we won't we won't narrow it to one if, if one doesn't instantly God. come to mind. But... Too, too many, to, to, um, too many, unfortunately, uh, some... And again, I look back and some of the guys I played. So for me, you had Darren Fay, uh, Colm Coyle. Um, for Kerry, you had uh, Mark O'Shea, you had Seamus mm. Moynihan, some of the Northern boys, uh, Ryan McMenamin, Chris Lawn. So the list is endless, unfortunately. <laughs> Plenty of you guys uh, gave you nightmares over the years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then finally, do you have a favourite piece of memorabilia from over the years? Um. Not really. I, I Would like, you have been one for collecting the memorabilia? You know, maybe hanging on to your jerseys or anything like that? Yeah, well, I have them all. They're all in attics somewhere. Um, I have kind of my Nafina, the, the jerseys, the three championship wins. Mm-hmm. I I'd ha- I gave my first jersey, Dublin jersey, to the club in, in, in oh. Ballyhay down in Cork. But I'd have, I'd ha- I swapped my jersey in the semi-final and the final. I still have them. So mm-hmm. I'd have a lot of kind of memorabilia, but at the same time, I wouldn't have it displayed yeah. in the in the house so. is there any one in particular that maybe has made its way to the mantelpiece or even a medal or no no I think the kids made sure of that <laughs> so in fairness in, in one of the rooms there's a few pictures so it's okay. nice to have a few pictures and I actually someone gave me uh, three photos of, of the goal without the boot <laughs> against against Leash and it's really nice just Great. before during and after so that's a nice piece sorry to rub that in it's okay Greg. it's okay I'll take it on the chin this um, time unfortunately we, look, we'd love to talk on and on to Jason but uh, we 
he has a place to be and we have a studio to keep up to the next show uh, Jason thanks a million for no coming problem. on you've been a great guest I hope you enjoyed your in conversation with experience yeah and if anyone's listening please make sure you say hello passing me by because I'm a newbie into the give him a campus. welcome to DCU oh, yeah. 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 Um, right so my, for myself Colin McDonald and my co-host Greg Mulhall this has been In Conversation with Jason Sherlock and we'll see you next time